Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order. You'll get your groceries with two-hour delivery. So in that time, you can use photo filters to imagine what you would look like with bangs. But don't do it. Just imagine. Meditate. Notice your body. Feel your breath. Am I doing this right? Get lost in a Wikipedia spiral. How do flowers propagate? Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite groceries while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery, now with Prime. Doubt is a broken record there. Inside my head, I try to turn it down, but I can't quite drown it out. I'm tortured every day. These never ending worries pulling on my sleeve. So many times now I was Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to Society Bites Radio, and I'm your host, Dr. Richard Himmer, along with my bride Sherry Himmer, and this is authentically you. Social interaction for the mind and soul. For the next 25 minutes, we talk about healing and growth from the inside out. Remember, you are 100% responsible for your happiness, joy, and well-being. So this week, Richard, we got a question from a listener that went like this. How do I get my teenager girl to open up? How do I build trust and respect with her? Hmm. Well, it's not just teenage girl, I'm sure. It's teenage boy. It's just teenagers. It's husband and wife. And, and Right. Yeah. And, you know, contrary to what some people believe that in a marriage, the woman usually does speak more than the man. She has more words she has to hit than does the man. But that's another story, right? Yeah, that can be individualized for certain <laughs> people who well, really need to talk. So so here's, here's a kind of an idea. I learned this from Dr. Hank Smith. Um, and he gave me the majority of this, and we added to it. But there's a construct or an acronym called FLPPN, F-L-P-P-N. So it stands for Frequent, Low Risk, Personal, Positive, and Neutral. And of all the, of the five, neutral is going to be the more challenging or the most challenging. So we'll have to, like break out what you mean by frequent and low risk and all of those things. So let me tell you the story first and then let's break flipping apart okay. or t- tear it down. Okay, so here's what was going on. I was teaching a community parenting class over at the local Boys and Girls Club. This would be some time ago. And um, in the class I had a single mom divorced for a long time and she had a 15 year old teenage daughter. And her, she came up or she asked the question in the middle of class. She says, um, what do I do with my daughter who won't talk to me? She comes home from school and I try to engage her and she doesn't talk to me. Um, and this weekend, and she was, it's like a Thursday night, says, we're leaving and we're driving to Spokane. So Gig Harbor to Spokane, if you obey somewhat the speed limit, not that you would know anything about that, is about a five-hour drive. <laughs> she said, what am I going to do? And I, she said, I'm going to be with my daughter 10 hours in the car. And I said, okay. Here's something you can try. The idea is most teenagers don't talk to adults because it's not safe space. And we kind of talked about that last segment about adults not giving voice, allowing room for there to be a voice for the youth. So let's talk about safe space real quick. 
So we have to identify that. So this would be a good time just to address real quick rules of engagement. Now, what does safe space mean? What, what, what are the components of it? So there are two components of my rules of engagement. The first one is safe space. Safe space means you can be authentic. You can just be yourself, right? So when you mean authentic, like, oh, if I don't feel good, I can just have a tantrum? That's not authentically. And brazen and base isn't authentic. Right. Your highest self, who you really are. In other words, you can take away all the layers and the compounding of maladaptive behavior that's been laid on you by your food, your family of origin dysfunctions, and just be your brightest, highest, noblest self. And for a teenager, it's you can just have an opinion. And for most humans, in order to be your brightest and highest, you might trip up and make a few mistakes. And so there needs to be a little bit of latitude for a person to be able to make a mistake in the most in the moment and get back to their highest self as well one of the container rules that we have inside the office and that we do in our home and and Mm -hmm. that's really helpful for anybody who's working on this is that every miss take so m-i-s dash take gets a re r-e dash take mistakes lead to retakes we call that being perfect perfect isn't this perfectionism Perfect is an event or an experience that is exactly what you need at that time to get closer to integration or come closer to God. And to grow. That's perfect. So really, that safe space to be your authentic self means you are allowed to grow. Yeah. And in that safe space also, if I'm the adult and, and you're the child at this moment or the teenager, it means that I give you permission to have thoughts and feelings without being judged right so there's room for you to make a mistake without fear attached to it yeah why don't kids talk because they're afraid mom and dad or somebody could go back to me when i was 10 right who did i ever want to say anything to because everything i said was wrong everything i did was judged as a matter of fact taking that a step further i remember we were supposed to be in a scout meeting we didn't have any scout leader there so we ended up playing capture the flag and I was running all over the roof of the church. It was a great place to be. I could get up there and scamper about. Oh, and I bet the adults around you love that, Love that, and they told me so. They said, we really love your behavior. (laughs) Not. (laughs) They said, you know what? You're a hooligan, and you're acting horribly, and you need to stop that because you're going to, you know, if you continue doing this the rest of your life, and just you can fill in the blanks of how they were just berating me. And, you know, when they were given that advice to me, what do you think what would be the normal response for a teenager in that moment? Is it to say, you know what? You're right. Shazam, I'd have never thought you had such brilliance. I think I'll do exactly what you said. Have you got any other suggestions for me at this moment? Right. <laughs> I, <No. laughs> I did exactly what they said I would do. I, I was determined to make sure that my maladaptive behavior was exhibited for them. Everything below the surface was then triggered and flooded, so then I sabotaged myself, I hurt myself, and I did exactly what they said I shouldn't do just to spite them, right? Well, that's what we do when we get flooded. I wasn't my authentic self. I was brazen, and I was really disruptive. Okay, so back to the the safe space. In safe space, you're trying to give someone that ability, you're trying to be neutral, so they can be that authentic self, so they can be right or wrong, it doesn't matter. So there's 10 things that we don't do in safe space. Okay. Number one is we don't criticize. 
So let's go back to that story you told in the very first uh, show that we had. You talked about the leaders trying to teach their kids. It was the second show. The second show, okay, Mm -hmm. trying to teach their kids Mm -hmm. how to do it. Well, what happened in there is every time they opened their mouths, they were criticized. No, don't do it this way. Do it that way. Well, they were just taking over, but in essence, they were saying, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're not doing it right. So therefore, I will step in yeah. and do it for you. So criticism, especially mm-hmm. unsolicited. And let's be careful that we don't get constructive criticism confused in that space. Construction, constructive means to build up. Criticism means to tear down. They don't share space. So when someone comes up to you and says, um, I'd like to offer you some constructive criticism. Are they saying that they're going to help me see something I don't see in their mind? Or are they going to tell me something that's going to just tear me apart? It's an unsolicited opinion. Now, they may say, no, you told me I could. Well, that doesn't work that way because you didn't invite it in the first place. Well, they usually just say, can I offer? And then they go and they launch it and they say, you know, you really shouldn't be wearing that blouse because it looks horrible. Oh, that's one of them. Shooting. Oh, we don't shoot on people. I mean, kids get shooted on. And you're saying S H O U L D I N G, correct, Doctor Hammer? Y- yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> sarcasm. <laughs> no sarcasm. Sarcasm's euphemism is verbal flogging. But sarcasm is just being funny, right? Isn't mm. I mean that's all we see on and we're media through, right? is you know make fun of the other person and it's 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 for the laugh. Just be mindful how the other person feels. Are they objectified or are you giving them the ability to be a human? Are they feeling safe in their space? These are my rules. This is how I act in my space, understanding what we call the law of reciprocity. If I'm giving you the ability to be free from sarcasm, um, criticism, and shooting, that means you feel safe in that space to be who you really are. You'll then reciprocate back to me that level of respect or reverence or dignity, whatever right. whatever it might be. So that's where sarcasm gets connected to humor so often. But sarcasm is humor that tears down somebody exactly. else. Exactly. And that means that person cannot be their authentic self. And it's a low-grade humor. Yeah. All right. Judging. How often do we are we around people that are constant judging going on? The entire epidemic we're having with a lot of these kids right now is a judging fashion. They dress because they're afraid they'll be judged. Okay. Relating, persuasion, manipulation, condescension, controlling, intimidation. All those things are part of the things we don't want to do. So relating is not what you want to do in relationships? You want to be present and you want them to feel that they're felt, which is number two. And we're going to cover relating in a minute. Okay. I know you want to go there. And the females in the story and the audience are really going to get moved on that, but we have to get back to flipping. So we're going to have to we break gotta, apart what relating right. is and what it does in the space that makes it not safe. In, a, in effect, what happens in relating is you change the attention, the wind, uh, the direction of the wind from them. So if I say to you, um, that's a, a, where are you from, Sherry? And you say... Oh, I'm from Gig Harbor, Washington. All right. So right then, you think I'm asking you a question about you because I want to understand you, well, right? Yeah. Right but if yeah. I say, oh, yeah, I'm from Gig Harbor, too. I know just what it's like to live there. I just took all the tension to me. I right. just brought all the wind to my side of it. Well, right? that's exactly what that scoutmaster was doing in, the last, in our last show last week about um, every time scouting came up, he was bringing it back to him and probably it. thought he was trying to build this rapport 
with the scalp but by relating, but really he was just pulling the tension back to himself. So the first rule of engagement is safe space. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was visiting with this this mom of the 15-year-old, right. she already knew the rules of engagement. That's what we had covered that day. So she had understood that there's rules of engagement for talking to anyone. The number two rule is to feel felt. In a nutshell, you've got to be able to give that person the ability to know they've been heard. So did the scoutmaster allow the scout to be heard? Not the first time. Right. Okay. Rules of engagement, safe space, and feel felt. Give them permission to be understood. And that seeking understanding is really critical, isn't it? Because it's more of letting them have voice. And take two. What did he do? He was able to give space to the scout and to the dad to be understood. You know what I noticed in that that case study that we did is that what was different with the scoutmaster is that he asked questions right. that allowed Pete to be understood. Mm. Now so, go to flipping. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, frequent. Number one. That means you have conversations often. So you're now going to be the mom. I'm going to be the 15-year-old scout or son, and I come home from school, and you're going to ask me questions, right? But so many kids don't believe the mom or the dad really want to know what's going on. They want for the purpose of listening. They just want to be able to judge or should. Mm -hmm. Did you do this? Did you do that? So that frequent really touches on that there's some consistent patterns of time and quantity spent together. Right. Okay. Low risk. That's L. Low risk means it can't be about your homework. Did you do your homework? Did you get that taken care of? Did you do that? Who are you going out with on Friday night? Well, what did they say? (laughs) I guess the low risk topics would be, what's your favorite video game? Let's go there. Yeah, and if you don't like it, that's not the important thing. It's low risk, so it has to be then personal about the child. Right. Too often, adults, when they talk to kids, are about what the adult wants. Yeah. It's only adult-focused, so they're seeking agreement. So frequent, often as you can, very consistent, low risk. It can't be a topic that will in- engage a lot of the triggering, the fight-or-flight movements, right? Mm-hmm. Then it has to be personal about the child's interest. So how much have we learned from our 15-year-old Sam? At dinner when he starts oh and by the way if we don't ask him what he did at school that day he interrupts us he's been so conditioned that he has a say at the table and when we don't give it to him he demands it well and it's i think really important we've seen from him that for him just to talk about the friends and the topics of lunch and rather than we're like where are you at on this assignment right. that's not the low risk topic at school even right correct the second p is going to be positive. So keep it uplifting. Keep it so it's it's fun for them. You know, they enjoy talking about it. Don't bring down the Debbie Downer topics, the negativity of Or the, the lectures of what they need to be or doing. Or the lectures, right? And then the last one is neutral. Critical. Neutral. So, no judging. Yeah, what do you really mean by neutral? Like neutral topics or neutral? Neutral position. Deliver? So what happens when most adults are listening to kids? The kids will bring up a topic. And the adult has already got an opinion made. Oh, yeah. Okay. What about in that meeting you, you talked about? Mm-hmm. Did the leaders have an opinion already about what should be done? Oh, yeah. And they Was couldn't. It, were they neutral back. in the way they approached what the kids said? So I remember teaching a class to a bunch of scouts. 
And I asked the initial question, and I had one scout raise his hand, and he says, oh, this is my answer. And I said, okay, how'd you get there? The scout immediately retracted. His whole body language changed. He covered up, and he says, oh, never mind, never mind. And I said, no, 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 wait a minute. Rules of engagement in our class. All I want to know is how you got there, not what the answer is. I need to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're processing. He looked at me like no one's ever done this before. And then he gave me his whys. And I asked him how he got another question, another how he got there. And pretty soon everybody in the class was raising their hands because they knew they wouldn't be judged. So what I shared with the mother was try a flippant approach to her. You've got a day before you jump in the car. Make it very low risk. Follow the rules of engagement. Stay neutral. And your goal is to just ask her questions all the way to Spokane. She goes, well, how do I ask the questions? Ah, I think that's where most people get tripped up. It's like, what questions am I going to ask? They almost want a script. So here's the secret. And this is a most powerful tool I've ever had. If you want to understand how to listen and then ask a good question off of what they're saying, ask a question based on their answer. So all you have to listen for. All I have to do is really listen to the answer. And then you ask a question off that answer and do the best you can to make it an open-ended question. Okay, let's look at an example. Okay, so if I were, let's say we were meeting at the airport. Okay, we've never met before. Never met before. Strangers. And the typical American question would be, what do you do for a living? Well, eventually you get there, where are you from, all that. So so. if I said to you, and let's make that Boeing, says, what do you do for a living? And you would answer. Oh, I am an engineer for Boeing because, like, 63% 63% of the Seattleites are engineers from Boeing, right? I work in the quality control department. All right. Now, if you're listening to this, your question is based upon her answer. And her answer is what she's given permission for you to talk about. We call this permission interviewing. So I think a lot of people, their their gut reaction was, oh, I need to say what I do for a living. But no, right. it's gonna, the focus is going to be about the person that you're asking the question There's to. There's your Ted and Ting. So you were interested at the beginning, but now you're changing into interesting and it's all about you. Right. We got to it's a it's a reaction that we've been trained to do. And we've got to fight that a little bit and stay focused on the person. We were to do this. You would say, oh, I'm an engineer at Boeing and I work in the quality control department. What are the topics that I can talk about? You've just given me permission. You can talk about Boeing. You can talk about being an engineer, how I got there. Great. About quality control. So, again, as you're thinking this, what question would you ask? Here's one that I would ask. When did you first realize you wanted to become an engineer? Oh, wow. Well, my father did hard labor, so we never had any money. And he said that engineering was a good profession to go into. And notice what happened there. I didn't go horizontal in the, co- the questioning. I went vertical. I went into things about you. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're now expressing a little bit of a feeling. And you just brought up a couple topics that are taboo to most people. So what topics did you give me permission to talk about? Well, talk about my past, especially with my parents, my father and that relationship. Money, you know, I guess we were poor. And um, anyways, how I got onto engineering. And you just gave me permission to talk about it. Yeah. But in the past, we would avoid that. Those are pretty personal. They are. And there isn't a soul in the world who wouldn't want to share with you their personal feelings if it's neutral. If they won't be judged, it's when they feel they're going to be judged. And that's why people don't want to talk because everyone wants elicited opinions on things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what questions then? This is rhetorical for those of you listening. 
what question would you ask with the answer? Say the answer again, if you would. Well, my father did hard labor, so we never had any money, and he said that engineering was a good profession to go into. And I would have chosen father. Now, there's no right or wrong on this. Well, it's the most personal part, right? Getting to my family relationships. So I would ask something like, well, what was your father like when you first had that discussion with him? Right. Well, he was really, you know, um, caring to our family and worked really hard for us. But he wanted something better for us. He had a vision for us beyond our meager you know, substance that we had at that time. And now you realize it's safe space because I didn't judge you. I didn't shoot on you. I didn't relate with you. I kept everything towards you. That's being interested, T-E-D. Yeah, I could tell you the lessons that my father taught me and why I chose the career path I did. And do you remember our first dance? We were talking about things like that and on our dates. What I had learned back then was that everybody to me never was interested in what I had to say. They always wanted to tell me what they had to say. So I learned a positive from a negative. And I thought, you know what, let me try just the opposite of what doesn't work. Let's see what happens when I talk to people and I'm just interested in them instead of interesting, just trying to get them to just trying to tell them what I think. So in this space right now, when I'm doing this, I'm going to go vertical with the conversation. You're going to go deep into things that are really important to me. And I haven't learned a thing about you. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. But you see, the norm would be that I try to get that out because I need to have affection, affirmation, and approval. But the person who's being asked these questions is learning something about the person who's asking them. And what are they learning? That this is a person that you can trust, mm-hmm. that that is interested enough to spend time, and that just means so much more than words of me learning about you. The ability to find trust and respect within space, we call emotional intimacy. It's a, a part, a tenant, if you will, of emotional intelligence. I do a lot of coaching for families, and what I have found is that love doesn't keep the family together it doesn't keep a marriage together they will sit in front of me and say i love my husband and i'm getting a divorce it's the best thing for him well the reality is depending on how you define love whether or not you really do but what i have noticed and in many many interviews this is brought out in a lot of good research trust and respect is what keeps a marriage together starting with self if i have respect that i can be in your space neutrally and let you be yourself then you're going to trust me and respect me. It's reciprocated. What makes people authentic, what makes the best of them come out, is when they can feel mutual trust and respect in that space. In this type of interviewing, it happens. So let me finish the story. Okay. So she came back the next week. Yeah. Her face was beaming. She said, you'll never guess what happened. Well, if she followed the flippin' idea, kept her rules of engagement, and followed the model of the interviewing skill, I can guess what happened. But she was so excited, right? So she says, you wouldn't believe what happened. We got in the car, and by the time we got to Snoqualmie Pass, which is 90 minutes away, Mm -hmm. she was so deep into talking to me. We talked the entire five hours, and I was tearing because my daughter said more in those five hours than she had in the previous three years. And she said, all I did was stopped telling her my opinions. And that daughter could be her authentic self. Right. 
and healing was happening in that mother-daughter relationship. It was so tender. It was so beautiful because both daughter and mother were able to connect at an emotionally intimate level and go vertical instead of just horizontal. And there was, again, go back to rules of engagement. At no time did the mother criticize her. Mm-hmm. There was no sarcasm. Mm-hmm. The mother never threw in a judging word. There was never any kind of shooting. So the, the daughter knew she could then talk at least in that space and not be judged. Mother never said, well, when I was your age, I used to do X or just to do Y. There was no persuasion. The mother trying her to get to do something. No manipulation. She never condescended. She stayed equal. She's a human talking to a human. Not oh, There's that neutral part. And, right. And she didn't objectify her daughter. No controlling and no intimidation. What a beautiful space to be in, sharing that with each other. Okay. Well, it's powerful to think that in one conversation, this mother was able to, and, and I give her credit for noticing that there was a gap, and then to change it around in a drive to Spokane. Right. It was a great experience. These are powerful tools, and uh, yeah, that's, that is wonderful for a mother and a daughter to to be them authentic selves with each other. Okay, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening to Authentically You today. We've talked a lot about uh, the anatomy of a conversation. In our next show, we're going to continue this. It's going to be the anatomy of a conversation part two. And then we can talk about some of those conditions of satisfaction that help create boundaries for people who don't know how to create safe space right? or don't know how to let you be felt Let's go there. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. We sure appreciate it. We'll see you on the next show. Okay. Doubt is a broken record that plays inside my head. I try to turn it down, but I can't quite drown it out. I'm tortured every day, these never-ending worries, pulling on my sleeve, so many times now I was... The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START myhealthpolicy.com. Meredith Fiera is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates myhealthpolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Fiera, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at myhealthpolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at myhealthpolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. 
switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face -face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.